Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. You don't Welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on K-Talk, 1640 AM, KYAH, and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for uh, tuning in again today. It is Friday. On Friday, we open up the, uh, the phones to you. It's phone-in Friday, so whatever is on your mind, whether it's impeachment or something uh, local, uh, give us a call, 801-331-8113. That's 801-331-8113. And we talk about the topics that are, that are on your mind, that you're thinking about. But uh, I want to start with a, uh, something that happened to me yesterday, and I, I want to use it as a, a very poor lead-in to a, a bigger point. But uh, my business partner, um, I guess we just share the building, so we're not really partners, but he, Garrett Smith and his law firm, Integra Law, that were having a big open house yesterday. And so I was helping him get ready, and I was you know just getting trash together, and I was taking it outside. And uh, I looked at my watch, and I, I was having uh, an interview And so I was like, wow, you know, I just had lunch. And so I I ran into the the bathroom and I grabbed some uh, mouthwash. So I'm taking out the garbage while I'm using the mouthwash and, you know, getting ready for the interview. And I, I throw the stuff into the garbage. And just then somebody, you know, pulls up their hand and like waves at me. And I'm looking and I'm like, well, geez, you know, I have all this mouthwash in my, my mouth. I don't want to spit it out, you know, in front of them. And they're running up to me and I'm like, good grief. What do I do? Well, there's only one thing you can do. You've got to bite the bullet. You put yourself in that bad situation, right? You decided to double, you know, multitask. So I swallow the mouthwash. There's a whole bunch of people eating lunch right now that are turning off the radio. They're just like, okay, I'm done. But so I swallow, because what else? I don't want to spit it out in front of this gentleman. I've never met him before. So he comes running up, and I swallow the mouthwash. I'm like, hey. And he's like, oh, I thought you were someone else. And he turns around and walks away. There have been people who have been killed for less than that. But the point I'm trying to make, uh, inartfully, is that sometimes we put ourselves in situations that we don't want to be in, and we have no one to blame but ourselves. And I think that's exactly where the Democrats are going to find themselves by opening this impeachment inquiry. Now, I've thought about this at length, and I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. This doesn't seem right, right? Nancy Pelosi... um, Despite what you may think of her personally or politically, she's shrewd, right? You don't get to be Speaker of the House for as long as she has if you are not shrewd. And so I've been thinking, everybody says there's this whistleblower complaint about this phone call that Trump made with Ukraine. Now, a shrewd politician, they wouldn't take a step towards or away from that until they actually saw the complaint, right? Why box yourself in, right? The typical political answer is, well, that calls for speculation and I'm not going to go down. I'm going to wait to see it. But in the meantime, let me beat up on Donald Trump. So why in the world would Nancy Pelosi, before the complaint is made public, 
come out and say, we're going to hold congressional hearings. We're going to start an impeachment inquiry on this. That's how bad it is. Well, I was led to two different conclusions. One, she already had it. Right? She already knew what was in that complaint before it came out. And, and I think that's the way I'm leaning. Because the other explanation would just be, you know, get out in front of this storm. You want to be able to control the agenda. And by coming out and making this announcement that we're doing the impeachment inquiry, you beat Donald Trump to the punch. Because Donald Trump, he's getting ready to announce, hey, there's this report coming out. It's no big deal. It's more nonsense from the Democrats. I mean, have you ever seen the House of Representatives hold a, a hearing as quickly as they did as it regarded this, uh, this uh, in, uh, complaint, this whistleblower complaint? I mean, it came, the announcement was Wednesday. Within 48 hours, they're holding a hearing on the complaint. And that's where Adam Schiff made up the dialogue between him and the Ukrainian president. So the Democrats now have opened this up, and I think they are going to rue the day. Because Donald Trump strikes me as the type of guy that if it's not his way, he'll burn it to the ground. Right? He'll expose everyone on the way out. And remember, Donald Trump was elected to drain the swamp. He was elected to drain the swamp. So let's start with Chelsea Clinton. You want to talk about draining the swamp? Because to me, this is part of it. Brian, can you hear that? Remember how I started this show and I said sometimes you put yourself in a situation that you... This is what happens when you forget to turn off the phone. I wish I had some mouthwash right now. So anyway, let me just, uh, let me talk about Chelsea Clinton. So she, you know, look, by all uh, objective standards, you know, she seems intelligent, seems bright. Uh, she's gone to, to the top schools, uh, graduated, um, you know, top of the class. She graduates from college. And she's immediately offered a job with NBC. Do you remember this? No media experience, no television experience, no radio experience, but she graduates college and NBC offers her a job and the title is special correspondent. Well, that means whatever you want it to mean, right? But the good news is, you know, NBC was saving money. The Peacock Network, you know, they're watching their pennies. Do you remember how much she got paid from her first job out of college? Yeah, Brian's whisper. Yeah, $600,000. How do you get offered $600,000 when you don't have any media experience? How do you get your first job at NBC? $600,000 she gets a check from NBC. So when you want to talk about the swamp, this is the way you have to look at it. Because look, I don't believe for a second that Hillary Clinton went to the ownership of NBC and said, hey, you know, if you guys want political favors, you better cut a deal with um, my daughter, right? You better give her a job. I don't think that's the way it works. The way it works is NBC approaches Hillary Clinton and says, hey, what's Chelsea doing when she graduates? Now, if mom 
wasn't first lady and mom wasn't secretary of state and mom wasn't U.S. senator and mom didn't run for president, do you think Chelsea would have been offered a job at NBC for $600,000? And if you do, please call him because I have this magnificent bridge I want to sell you. It, it's Actually, it's uh, over the Great Salt Lake. Connects one end to the other end. You know, avoid all the traffic on I-5. It's a great deal. But that's the way... It works, right? This isn't about Hillary Clinton walking in and saying, hey, if you don't get her a job, I'm not going to do interviews with you. You know, I'm going to go to ABC. I'm going to go to see it. No, this is the elites reaching out to another elite and saying, how can we help you? Why? Because they want that connection. They want that access to Hillary. Now, was there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. I don't look at any father or mother. They're going to want to do good things and have good things for their children. And I don't have any issue with somebody saying, you know what? I want access to that person. Let me offer their son or daughter a job. I mean, it's a private company. If that's the way they want to operate, let them operate that way. And that's the way I think it went down with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. I don't think Joe Biden showed up at the Ukraine and, you know, pulled the president of the Ukraine aside and said, hey, if you don't give Hunter this billion dollar deal, you're done. I I don't think that's the way it went down. I think the way it went down was the Ukrainians want to ingratiate themselves to Joe Biden. So they make this deal. They make this offer with the son. Now, there are things that happened where I think Joe Biden crossed the line when he said, hey, we're going to withhold a billion dollars of aid unless you fire the prosecutor who's targeting my son. Now, Joe Biden says, well, I did that because the, uh, the, the prosecutor was corrupt. You're withholding a billion dollars of aid when your family's involved? I mean, isn't that a conflict of interest? Shouldn't you recuse yourself from that decision? This is why I think the Democrats are going to rue the day that they opened up this Pandora's box. You know, when we come back, I want to talk more about the uh, transcript, the complaint and impeachment right after this break. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. It is phone-in Friday, so give us a call, 801-331-8113. Happy to talk about uh, what's on your mind uh, right here on Talk 1640 AM and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Thank you for uh, tuning in. You can always visit the website, lovingliberty.net. All the hosts are there. You're able to download the uh, podcast and uh, begin your day with Brian Hyde at 7 AM and, and close it out with Kate Daly. Uh, right there at the end. So please tune in uh, to K-Talk 1640 AM and KYAH. You know, I want to talk about the uh, the news coming out regarding the uh, prosecutor 
um, that was fired. And this is, this is what I mean when, when we talk about things that I've got to stop the show because Mariah's in here trying to give me a note. This whole show is just, can we restart this, Brian? It, can we restart the clock? It's on the table. Ay, ay, ay. I need that big flashing light that they have at Real Radio Studios that, you know, says live, on-air, recording, do not enter. Apparently, yeah, right, I, I taped up a piece of paper, you know, do not enter. Apparently it's on the floor somewhere with a big footprint on it. Because people are just walking in. It's okay. It's only live radio. I can edit it later. So the, uh, the Ukrainian prosecutor that was investigating Joe Biden, um, his name is Shokin. And Shokin was investigating uh, Joe Biden's son because Joe Biden's son uh, was on the board of Burisma Holdings and was being paid about $50,000, not a year, a month. Being paid $50,000 a month to sit on the board of Burisma Holdings. This is the same thing with NBC and Chelsea Clinton, right? I don't think there's necessary this, you know, hey, hire my son. It's just these companies want those players on their company. It's a private company. If that's the way they want to work, that's fine. But then don't turn around and say, hey, you know, this corporate culture is full of nepotism because the biggest nepotists are in Washington, D.C., so this prosecutor in the Ukraine uh, just signed an affidavit uh, under oath saying that he was terminated because of his aggressive prosecution into Hunter Biden's appointment to the board of Burisma Holdings, this financial company. So Joe Biden, he gets on, he's giving a speech before the uh, Council of Foreign Relations. He gets on the air and what does he say? He gets on the air and he says uh, to this speech, he's recorded and he's bragging that, you know, I told the Ukrainian president that if he's not fired by the time I leave, you're not getting your money. Now, wait a second. Isn't that exactly what the progressives are accusing Donald Trump of doing? Isn't that exactly what they're accusing Donald Trump of having done? That you're using your office and the threat of withholding aid to get something you want. Well, we don't have to speculate whether Joe Biden did that or not because he's on tape, videotape, saying it. So when Joe Biden's asked about this, what does Creepy Joe say? Well, I had to because that was a corrupt prosecutor. Shouldn't that be for the Ukrainians to decide? And shouldn't you recuse yourself? I mean, how appropriate is it? Or I should say, how inappropriate is it for the vice president to be involved in that type of negotiation when it's your son that's involved? If there's going to be a determination on whether this prosecutor is corrupt or not, don't you think that dad would probably be a little jaded? Don't you think that he would be a little biased? So let's set all that aside because that's all in the complaint. But there's something else in the transcript and this is what I think this is really all about. Remember I said the Democrats had to move fast. They didn't even wait for a copy of the complaint. They started holding hearings, and Nancy Pelosi announced an impeachment inquiry without seeing the evidence. So why? Why would they do that? Why move so quickly? 
Here it is. If you read the transcript, and I would encourage you to do it, if you read the transcript between President and Glenn Beck did a segment where, you know, he had a Trump impersonator reading Trump's parts and he would read the Ukrainian president's parts. And they just read the dialogue all the way through. If you read the transcript, the Ukrainian president says, what can we do for you? How can we help the United States? This is after, you know, the superfluous small talk. It's, it's amazing because even, you know, all these politicians uh, that lead countries make all this small talk before they get to the, the heart of it. And Donald Trump says, you know what? You know what, you know what could help us? There's indications that you may have the CrowdStrike server in the Ukraine. This is in the transcript. And there's silence. Ukrainian president doesn't say anything. He says it would really help us a lot if we were able to get a hold of that server. Now, when I read this, I'm thinking, wait a second, CrowdStrike, where have I heard that name before? Where have I heard CrowdStrike before, and why is the President of the United States talking about a server? So CrowdStrike, remember when the DNC, in the 2016 election, the DNC had their server hacked, right? Somebody came in, and they stole millions of emails. The DNC wakes up the next day. This is in the middle of the election. The DNC wakes up the next day, they realize they've been hacked, and what do they do? Do you think they call the FBI? Do you think they call law enforcement? Do you think, I mean, Hillary Clinton, I think she would have the number for the FBI. Just speculating. I mean, you know, she's Secretary of State, she's a U.S. Senator. You would think she'd be able to say, oh, you know, get Comey on the phone. She doesn't call the FBI. Who does she call? She calls CrowdStrike. The DNC calls a private company, CrowdStrike, which at the time had mixed leadership between the Ukrainians and the U.S. Now it's a fully owned U.S. company, but at the time, the Ukrainians were involved in that. So instead of calling the FBI, the DNC calls CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike does their analysis, and CrowdStrike reports that what? Who did they blame? The Russians. The Russians did it. They refused to give the server to the FBI. So here you have all these people running for president. You have emails from all these high-level Democrats running through this server. The FBI is worried about protecting national security. The DNC is worried about protecting their own, so they don't give the server to the DNC. That was in 2016. It's now 2019. What in the world is Donald Trump calling and talking to the Ukrainian president about CrowdStrike and the server? This is why I think Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats had to move so quickly, because they want to make this story over Joe Biden. I don't think it is. I don't think it's about Joe Biden and his son Hunter. The Democrats are petrified of Donald Trump's phone conversation with the Ukrainian president because he wants that server. And when you get a hold of the server, you're going to have access to millions of emails from the top Democrats in the country, all communicating back and forth with the DNC. And 
And that petrifies everyone, everyone in the DNC. That's why they're trying to make this about Joe Biden. That's why they're trying to make this about Hunter Biden. It's not. And it's not about Donald Trump. Read the transcript. The most, the majority of that transcript deals with CrowdStrike. It's almost at the very end that they talk about Joe Biden almost superfluously. Like, oh, and by the way, if you have anything on uh, Hunter Biden, read the transcript. Educate yourself. We'll be back right after this break. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show on KTalk, 1640 AM. Thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K-Talk 1640 AM. And, you know, we have uh, breaking news, and uh, there's a nice photograph of it. Uh, Greta Thunberg uh, just recently met with Justin Trudeau. And uh, again, Greta walked into the prime minister's office really taken aback because there he was sitting in blackface. And Greta's like, I just don't like I'm not I don't get the humor. Like, is this and um, Justin Trudeau, you know, apparently OK. And Justin Trudeau to show his, you know, because he's always dressing up in the costumes of the cultures that he visits. He was also wearing some wooden shoes. And Greta was really good because, you know, that's the Dutch. And so it was a big Brian, you understand these things. Are, it's just a faux pas. It, it just it takes a lot of planning. And apparently he got some bad advice and wore the wooden shoes. And they do do that in Holland, don't they? I mean, or is that just a stereotype that I'm perpetrating or perpetuating or maybe both? Anyway, that's the breaking news from uh, Canada. Um, I want to read this uh, this affidavit from the Ukrainian prosecutor who says that uh, Vice President Joe Biden wanted him removed because of the prosecutor's investigation into Burisma Holdings, where Joe Biden's son Hunter had a seat on the board of directors. Now, the conservative media has been promoting uh, this story and has been talking about this for months. Mainstream media refuses to talk about it until they have an angle with Donald Trump. This is what he testified to in an affidavit, the prosecutor, Shokin. I was forced out because I was leading a wide-range corruption probe into Burisma Holdings, a natural gas firm active in Ukraine, and Joe Biden's son, Hunter, was a member of the board of directors. The article continues, Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars of aid to the Ukraine if the prosecutor, Shokin, was not fired or did not resign. Joe Biden then bragged about the incident on camera, which we have. But the Democratic presidential candidate claims that he did this because he believed Shokin was not doing his job. Shokin resigned from his position shortly after Biden issued the threat. Now, look, this is called a conflict of interest. If you have a son or daughter involved in this kind of situation, you can't make that call. You can't make the decision to withhold the aid, and you certainly can't be the one on the phone. 
because you're not vice president representing your interests. You're vice president representing the collective. You represent the United States. You represent all of us. And it's not your decision, Mr. Biden, to make. John Solomon, vice president at the Hill, has been probing the series of events involved with Biden and the Ukraine, and he believes the real story is a potential landmine for Biden, minefield for Biden. He says that over the last 18 months, he has over 450 documents from the U.S. State Department and the Ukrainian Prosecutor General's Office, the Ukrainian Embassy in Washington, and the lawyers who represented Burisma Holdings. Quote, these documents show that the very day that Joe Biden managed to get the Ukrainian prosecutor fired, that very day his son's company's lawyers were trying urgently to reach the new prosecutor, the replacement prosecutor. Solomon said they got the meeting, right? So they fired the old prosecutor, Shokin. Now Biden's lawyers want to talk to the new prosecutor. They got that meeting. The lawyers for Hunter Biden's company stated to the replacement prosecutor, we know that the information calling Mr. Shokin was corrupt and was false inf information distributed by U.S. government officials and other figures. We would like to make this up to you by bringing you up to Washington. You are not corrupt and you instigated numerous reforms. So Joe Biden admits on the record that he got involved to get this prosecutor fired. And how did he do it? By threatening the Ukrainian government to withhold a billion dollars of aid. Can somebody please tell me how that is any different than the accusations currently made against Donald Trump? Remember, when the accusations first came out, it was, oh, uh, there was a quid pro quo. He promised to give them aid. Trump didn't even go down the road. Biden's situation is worse. Because in Biden, there was a quid pro quo. If you don't fire Shokin, you're not getting the billion. Trump's approach to the Ukrainians was, hey, we really need to get to the bottom of this. Send me any information you have. Wow. You know, I read in a book one time that there will, there will come the time when people will call white, black, and black, white, evil, good, and good, evil. It was a big book. It was dusty. A lot of these and thous in there. But the point was, we're going to live in times where you don't know what's happening. And I am telling you, these are those times. Because if anything, Joe Biden's conduct was more reprehensible and more impeachable than Donald Trump. And the media has given up their role and their position as organizations that bring light and truth. They are agenda-driven. They are absolutely agenda. It doesn't excuse anything Donald Trump may have done. But to sit there and opine that what Donald Trump did is, is impeachable and not pause or think about what Joe Biden did clear manifestation that this is policy driven you know there's a story and we talked about this a few weeks ago about this deep fake where there's technology now where they can take video of anyone talking and they can change the words and they sound like the person's you know voice 
and the words match up with their mouth movements through science and technology, through technology. So you're watching this video and you think, wow, that's what so-and-so is saying. And politicians are petrified of this. They're petrified because politicians have made a career of deep faking their opponents, right? I mean, think about it. That's what politics unfortunately has become. We'll wait until that crucial red period. We're going to drop this bomb. It may be true. It may be fake, but the other side won't have time to respond to it. And politicians are afraid of deepfake one because it gives their opponents, you know, a, a, a level playing field. But two, politicians know they don't stand for anything. Politicians know that if somebody creates a deepfake, you know, their constituents are going to look at that video and say, yeah, I can see so-and-so saying that. I can see so-and-so having done that because they don't stand for anything. Right? We don't live in an era where, you know, where George Washington, you know, hey, look at this deep fake of George Washington. The people at the time would look at that and say, there's no way he could have done it. That's not who he is. He's not that person. We don't believe it. But today, because we have professional politicians who sell their souls for votes, they don't stand for anything. So if a deep fake comes out, it's easy to believe it. You'll be like, yeah, of course he said that. I can see him saying that, right? When you have politicians that get squishy on the issues that they promise to defend, they promise to promote. Look at the Republicans in Obamacare, right? Hey, you give us the House, the Senate, and the presidency. We're going to repeal and replace this. They all said it. You give us a Republican House, Senate, and president, we're going to get tough on border. And then it happened and nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then the politicians went, well, why don't you guys believe us when we say? If a politician tells you the sun came up that morning, you better go outside and check. You better go out. Let me just make sure. Well, Joe, that's not fair. It is. It is. And then the second response is, well, Joe, not all politicians are like that. But you know what the problem is? The good ones tolerate the bad ones. Right? Because it's easier to go along, to get along, than it is to stand up and say, hey, knock it off. So to me, they're all in that boat together. And I'm telling you, you, you better know who you are to your core. Forget deep fakes. Deep science, there's deep math. I mean, it's everything is in play. Absolutely everything is in play. And you better know at your core who you are and what you believe in because it will be tested and you will be, there will be people, charlatans trying to trick you into selling, you know, those magic beans that turn out they're not magic, they're just beans. You'll see this probably the biggest front this is happening, climate change. And we're going to have that story next. We're going to talk about the hypocrisy and charlatans of climate change right after this break.
Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1648 AM. Give us a call, 801 331 8113. I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about climate change and the hypocrisy surrounding it, but I also want to address uh, the politics of impeachment. Remember, the economy is roaring. I mean, if we have more jobs than people looking for jobs, African-American employment, the lowest in history, Hispanic unemployment, lowest in history, wage growth moving up. So the Democrats can't talk about politics and they don't want you voting your pocketbook in a year. Because the, the pocketbook is going to tell you, hey, keep voting for the policies that are in place. So they've got to go all in. And remember, there are people who hate Trump and they want to push this thing forward. But there are people who don't want to see Joe Biden win the nomination. And they are pushing this story just as hard. Now think about it. Have you seen Elizabeth Warren jump to Joe Biden's defense? Mayor Pete, Elizabeth Warren. There was somebody who looked like Justin Trudeau uh, speaking in favor of Joe Biden, but he was in black. So it was really tough to tell. But so but that was the anomaly. But where are the Democrats jumping to Joe Biden's defense? There aren't any because they want to knock him out. So the politics at play here are massive. Now, next week, Hillary Clinton is appearing on four national TV shows. Now, usually when you're a a retiring politician, the only time you, you know, get to get on national TV is when you're promoting something like a book or a Netflix special. Hillary Clinton doesn't have a Netflix special. She doesn't have a book coming out, but she's appearing on four national. I think it's Stephen Colbert, The View, maybe CNN, but four of them. And that has many of, you know, the uh, political deep thinkers. I know oxymoronic, but these uh, political deep thinkers are out speculating that, look, if Joe Biden gets taken out, and I've said it on the show, I said it the day he announced, I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I still don't think he's going to be the nominee, more so today than I did back then. So you have to make a bet. Do you think the Democrats are ready to coalesce behind Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and their socialist policies. I think that's a tough call. I think if, if you're in the uh, you know, echo chamber, you're coming out and saying, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hill, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. I don't know. Right? Because great swaths of the Democrat Party are pulled from fairly red states. You know, a Democrat in Utah or Alabama or Texas is not the same Democrat that you're going to bump into on the streets of Philadelphia, San Francisco, or New York. So the speculation is Joe Biden's going to be taken out by this inquiry. And I think I think there's a good shot of that. Good chance of that. Which people are speculating, and many of the speculation is coming from, you know, the Hillary Clinton camp, right? It's coming from her supporters. It's probably coming from Hillary. She's probably got one of those voice changers on her phone. You know, calling up the news people. Yeah, I think a Hillary should run. Will that happen? I don't know. I don't know if the Democrats are ready. That, that's a fight that they're going to have to wage. And in a way, I hope she does jump in. Because they're going to have a brawl at the top of that ticket, the likes of which we haven't seen. 
as Hillary Clinton tries to jump in this late and displace, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Yang, you know, Mayor Pete. It's going to be tough. And that's the prism that you're going to have to watch these impeachment proceedings unfold with. Because it's not your typical non-election year. You are walking right into a huge presidential election year, right? I mean, we have October, then November, and then you're just one year away from the actual, you know, election. But let's, let's make another prediction. My prediction is going to be the Democrats are going to suffer politically more from this uh, alleged scandal than Donald Trump will. And I think it's going to lead to that, you know, be careful what you wish for kind of conclusions. But the real tragedy, the real sad thing is the country's going to suffer, right? I mean, we're not focused on the Chinese. We're not focused on the Russians. You have the political class focused solely on the destruction, the obliteration of Donald Trump. That's not healthy, and it's not sustainable. You've had four years where one political party refuses to do any work. They refuse to do any of the heavy lifting. They're putting party above the people with devastating effect, devastating effect. I just want to, uh, let me just spend a few minutes talking about this article from Scott Walker, the uh, former governor of Wisconsin. The title is The Hypocrisy of Climate Change Warriors. And I I would just change to the hypocrisy of the the political elite because it's always, you know, you do something that we're not going to do. You know, get rid of your plastic straws while we serve 10,000 steaks at a political fundraising breakfast. Wait, what? How? That doesn't make any sense. Listen to some of these examples of hypocrisy that he points out. Uh, The politicians who fly in private jets but tell the rest of us to consider a world without planes. This week, the European Union is doubling their budget for private jet use of their uh, officials and political leaders. Right, So while they're telling you to walk to work in the rain wearing grapefruit rinds for shoes, they're doubling their budget to take private jets. Can someone explain to me how that works? I'm talking about the grapefruit rind part. Like, do, how do, you, do you tie them on? Do you just slip them on? Are they like feet socks? How does that work? They tell you to walk to work. They tell you to get rid of plastic straws. And they're taking private jets. They're, they're, they're doubling their budget or increasing it by 50%. Stop. You have Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Look, I get it. There's official business. You got to get from point A to point B. I understand that. But to watch a tennis game, to hop on a private jet to catch a tennis game, you've got to fly privately for that? Did they get, did they get ESPN over in the BBA over in England? Do we live stream that? The next example, movie stars who advocate that we ditch our SUVs while they ride around in stretch limos. Activists preaching that America has to cripple our economy while posting on their iPhones made in China. 
And then he goes to Al Gore. Remember all the times former Vice President Al Gore predicted doom and gloom? Some of the models suggest, and this is some of the predictions, that there was a 75% chance that the entire North Polar ice cap would be completely ice-free in five to seven years. That's what Mr. Gore said. 75% chance. Wow, did we dodge a bullet. Holy smokes. 25% chance, and Brian, we caught the wave. We caught the wave because there was a 75% chance that the, Nolar, that the North Polar ice cap wouldn't be here. In 2014 and 2015, there was more Arctic sea ice than in the previous years. Two strikes for Mr. Gore. Around this time, Mr. Gore, it came out that his mansion in Nashville, Tennessee, used more than 12 times the average amount of energy for a home in that area. Right? This is the Obama hypocrisy. Global warming, I'm going to meet with Greta, but I'm not going to meet in the $16 million mansion I just bought on Martha's Vineyard. An analysis by the National Center for Public Policy Research at the time found that Mr. Gore's mansion used more electricity in one month than the average family uses in 34 months. It noted that just the electricity used to heat the pool could power six homes for a year. That's the inconvenient truth, the hypocrisy. So Mr. Gore, he hears all this feedback. He's getting this blowback. So what does he do? He installs new green updates in his home. The article goes on. Ironically, the report says that Mr. Gore's home used more electricity following the green updates than they did before. You can't make this up. And so then the greenies say, well, we're living a carbon-free, a carbon-neutral life. And how do they get there? Because they're buying these green energy credits. Now, my objection to that is they should give credit to the Catholic Church because that's where they came from. Now, back then, we called them indulgences. Today, they're calling them green credits. Same thing, different name. Hey, stay tuned. Ralph DeLugas up next. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show and the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Get right with God. Be kind. See you on Monday. Thoughtful discussion. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.